Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me tonight. We're going to actually talk about some vaping talk topics this evening. How about that? Uh, main topic topic of discussion. Um, I'm going to be joined by Jared from uh, Taxpayers. Oh boy, I hope I have that right. Taxpayers United of America. Oh, he's going to be mad at me if I got that wrong. That's okay. He'll correct me in a moment. I'm going to be joined by Jared. He uh, leads a nonprofit organization that's out of Chicago that fights against well all kinds of taxes all kinds of egregious taxes, uh, but has done quite a bit of work in the field of uh, fighting against tobacco taxes and the e-liquid tax and all sorts of stuff. He's had some success, and we're going to talk to him about how he's done it. Uh, my friend Rodney from Chicago, also known as Chicago Rod, will also be joining me as he uh, knows a lot about what these shops are doing to try to combat these ridiculous tax hikes that well already have put a, about a dozen businesses either out of business or had them move out of out of city or out of county, out of county, really. Anyway, Chicago, uh, Rod knows a lot about what's going on and uh, has some interesting ideas. He's been vaping well over five, six, well, I think going on six years. So he has a lot of perspective on this, uh, just, you know, from a vapor's point of view. And we'll get Jared's perspective from, uh, from his point of view. And we'll talk about some other fun stuff, some politics, this and that. Welcome to the show. get started so first i'm going to bring on jared from taxpayers united of america i got that right that time right jared you got it right both times okay okay good thanks yeah jared liddell uh what is your involvement with taxpayers united of america uh so i'm the director of operations for our organization i've uh been with taxpayers united uh a little over a year and a half now um, and, uh, I help, uh, fight taxes in uh, little Moscow or I'm sorry, Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, uh, we appreciate that. Uh, even all the way here in the, uh, democratic people's Republic of New York. So, uh, <laughs> tell me more, uh, just, uh, in general about taxpayers United of America. When did it start? What's the focus? What have you done? Uh, tell me, tell us more about, about you guys. Sure, sure. So, um, uh, Taxpayers United will be celebrating our 40th year uh, this year. Uh, we were wow. founded in 1970. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we were we were founded in 1976 uh, by economist uh, Jim Tobin. Uh, he actually became an activist uh, related to tax issues while working at the Federal Reserve Branch in Chicago. And uh, he was about a year away from a cushy federal pension and decided that he couldn't, in good conscience, take that money. Nor could he continue to work for the Federal Reserve Bank. Uh, or uh, or for the government in general. So while he was there, he founded uh, our organization to fight property taxes. And uh, there's a great article that you can find at uh, Mises.org, M-I-S-E-S.org, 
uh, from the late uh, libertarian uh, economist Murray Rothbard writing about Jim uh, back in 1977, uh, the only modern successful tax uh, property tax strike in uh, Illinois history. Uh, he was able to help roll back property taxes and uh, stop the General Assembly from uh, pillaging the, the people of the state. I would love to read that. Do me a favor after our interview. Mm -hmm. Do me a favor and link to that so I can uh, give it to people in the in the chat and also in, sure. include it in the replay notes. Yeah, Rothbard's a, a personal hero of mine, so I'd, I'd love to I'd love to read that. So, uh, oh, that's fantastic. As far as the organization is concerned, no spring chicken. Forty mm -hmm. forty years of fighting taxes. Uh, you must have learned a thing or two along the way. Um, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about the property taxes. The listeners here are mm -hmm. eager to hear about how you've tried to fight back against uh, tobacco and, you know, e-liquid taxes, things that, you know, things related to vaping and smoking. Sure. Sure. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, we, we can uh, uh, proudly say that we've stopped 417 uh, tax hikes uh, since, uh, since our founding. Uh, some of those have been related to uh, tobacco products and more recently uh, e-vaping, um, but unfortunately uh, the city and the state itself will continue to uh, push these new regulations and taxes as much as possible uh, because they are very, very short on revenue. So uh, unfortunately the pushback is very, very strong right now. Uh, luckily, uh, the most recent attempt at uh, adding uh, millions of dollars worth of taxes on uh, tobacco products has been halted at least for, for another month uh, until there's another vote uh, coming up in the uh, the General Assembly. Um, the, the current mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, was trying to push through uh, a whole boatload of new taxes on uh, everything from uh, single cigars to uh, little packs of cigars or, you know, Swisher Sweets, things of that nature. Um, and, and he recently uh, was able to successfully push through another million-dollar uh, tax for e-vaping uh, in his most recent budget. That was something that unfortunately couldn't be stopped as it was included in the budget. Uh, it, it basically, the, the aldermen were gonna vote for it regardless. So uh, we, we were not successful in stopping that. But so far we've uh, stopped this new $6 million tax. Yeah, as far as I know, tobacco already has either the first or second, I'm not sure, it's either Chicago or New, or New York, yeah. has the most uh, most expensive tax on, on cigarettes. It's about the same. I mean, if you go to a, a convenience store in New York, mm -hmm. it's, you know, 13 to $15 a pack. Although, <laughs> if, if you, you know, the, if over 50% over of all cigarettes that are sold in the state of New York are actually, and that's just the state, you know, which which has uh, slight, you know, less taxes than New York City, so it's it's probably higher in New York. But over fifty percent of all cigarettes sold in New York State are sold on the black market, and you can go into just about any tobacco store and uh, just you know say, you know, can I? Do you have this on discount or on special or something like that? And they'll sell it to you for seven or eight bucks. <laughs> they even have these. Uh, there's this. Uh, there's these people who walk around. There's like this little old lady who comes around all the all the bars in the Lower East Side in the East Village with a backpack full of cigarettes. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you pay a small premium, you pay $10, but then you get the, the cigarette delivered to you right at the bar and, you know, you pay less money. So, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the black market is rampant, which is always what happens when you overtax yeah. something. Um, I, assume it's, I assume it's similar in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the black market is the response to government intervention, and, and that, that's, that's exactly what you get. And you're, you're exactly right as well. Uh, Chicago's combined federal, state, and local per pack tax on cigarettes 
is $7.17. It's absolutely the highest in the United States, um, and that's, uh, that's according to some, some of the most recent studies. Uh, and then uh, you're also uh, right on point with New York. Uh, the most recent uh, information I've read from the Tax Foundation uh, said that 58% of all uh, uh, cigarette sales in New York are on the black market. So that and and uh, Illinois as the as a state is uh, is number fourteen, uh, but uh, still the, the the taxes themselves are are horrendous and and that's why you see black market activity uh, cropping up just as you see with prohibition in the drug war or or many other uh, vices. Of course, well, well, we're not far away from having a hundred percent. It sounds like we're not far away from having a hundred percent of all products being sold on the black market, but we're not quite there yet, thankfully. Anyway, um, <laughs> tell us, uh, so you mentioned, what was what exactly was uh, Chicago, Illinois, trying to do with, uh, we can talk about tobacco first with cigarettes. What, what was their aim, and what were, what were you able to fight off, and how did you do it? Sure. So, so this most recent tax was uh, moving the purchasing age from 18 to 21. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, it's all couched in, in health issues, which is funny because they say that they need to raise these taxes uh, to help fund other programs. So if you're going to use this money to fund other things and you say these things need to be funded, um, <laughs> but it's through a process uh, or a vice that you don't want to occur at all, it seems kind of illogical. Um, so, so the excuse this time is for an after-school program for the summer, which I doubt that would ever occur anyway, because that, that's always the, the point of politicians. It's always for the children. So that money can very easily be moved to another program or to fund more police or other crackdowns. Um, which uh, that, that's basically what Rahm Emanuel proposed uh, when the aldermen began to revolt. One of the reasons uh, was the, the increase in black market activity that would occur. And he said, oh, don't worry, we're going to increase the fines on selling loose cigarettes, uh, possibility of six months in jail as well for offenders, and uh, we'll increase uh, police activity in those areas. So those all seem like very bad options to us. Um, and then the other, uh, the, the individual taxes were a uh, 15 cent tax um, on small uh, cigar packs. So uh, usually those come in packs of 20. So basically a $3 tax per pack, uh, then a 90 cent tax on larger individual cigars. Uh, and then he also, uh, Rahm Emanuel wanted to place a $1.80 tax per ounce of smokeless tobacco. Um, so uh, all, all combined, they were looking at about $6 million in revenue from these proposed taxes. And between the aldermen seeing how this would affect their communities through black market activity and the possibility of increased um, altercations through that, mm -hmm. uh, and then as well as local businesses uh, saying how this would uh, uh, inhibit their sales, uh, and their livelihoods, the aldermen were able to uh, come, come against the mayor right now and, and fight him off. And then another great organization if I could mention uh, it, uh, called uh, NATO, <laughs> a funny acronym, uh, but the National Association of Tobacco Outlets, uh, they brought up the point that this is all illegal currently. As Chicago is a home rule unit of government, uh, they can't impose these taxes right now. So it actually has to go through Springfield, our state capital, and the General Assembly for them to uh, implement any of these, these changes, which 
I think the aldermen might have either forgotten the laws that they tried to uphold or they just thought they could get it uh, in under the radar. So at least for another month, uh, these taxes won't be implemented. And if we have our say, uh, they won't be implemented at all. So on the one hand, we have all the e-liquid taxes, which we'll talk about in a moment. And you said that just went into the budget and, the, and you know, kind of flew through. Did they use the same process yeah. for tobacco or did they use a different avenue? Uh, it's a little different just because uh, I, I think uh, e-liquids being such a new phenomenon that um, it had to do with past ordinances back from the early 90s that, that uh, the, the legal case was made that, uh, that these new taxes, these excise taxes could not be, could not be legal, whereas uh, a lot of these, these e-liquid taxes um, kind of skirt that because, again, they're, they're so new, just like we're seeing with things like Airbnb and Uber. Uh, they're having to, to catch up with new uh, authoritarian laws to put in place because uh, these things are, are outside of the scope of what we would have expected 15, 20 years ago. Okay, I understand. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Sometimes we're helped by being lumped into with tobacco, tobacco and sometimes we're hurt by being separated out it's it's weird how how it works but so let's exactly so, so well if I, if I give one example uh one of the the representatives in the state house kathleen willis uh she wanted to put forth a ban on flavored cigarettes and so uh she was uh then eventually using in uh using flavored cigarettes to lump in all e-liquids as well to get into her ban. Uh, fortunately, that was tabled uh, in March of last year, which means it can be brought up to, for consideration later. Uh, but she has a new bill that's currently on the calendar um, that's banning electronic cigarettes, uh, just as uh, in any establishments where smoking is currently banned. So mm -hmm. again, there's a conflation between uh, tobacco and and e-vaping and and any other type of electronic cigarettes so what i'm confused about from what you just told me is it's my understanding mm -hmm. that cigarettes on the federal level for you know which covers all 50 states are not flavored flavored cigarettes are not allowed at all if they have a paper wrapper i think there there's an exception if there's a tobacco wrapper is that not the case um, I, I don't know. I, I would have to look into that, that clarification. Okay. She's probably talking about the ones with the tobacco wrappers. As, as far as I know, you can't sell That's anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's yeah, talk, you're probably right on that. Let's, let's talk about these, uh, these taxes in Chicago and Cook County. From my understanding, first of all, uh, there is an 80 cent per container tax. So that's not an awful lot. And that would cover the, you know, uh, e-liquid that's sold in a sealed cartomizer, uh, just the same as it was sold in a 15, 30, 100 mil bottle, whatever it is, What it, there's an 80 cent tax. Okay, no big deal. Where it gets nasty is in the city of Chicago, there would be a 55 per cent per milliliter tax. And then in Cook County, of course, Chicago is in Cook, Cook County, there's an additional 20 milliliter, 20 cent per milliliter tax. So if you add that all up, I mean, just in taxes on a 30 mil bottle, you're looking at over $23 just in the tax. And I assume there's a sales tax that goes on top of that. So am yes. I, am I right? That, so, so you're talking like you're pushing 25 bucks just in taxes that the shops have to pay up front before, you know, before it even gets in the door. So, that, so 
And then obviously when you're going to buy it, now you're looking at if, if the if the retail price on the bottle was $20, you're looking at, you know, $45 for a bottle, which no one would pay. Now, so that's what we're looking at. The, the tax in Chicago is in place now. The tax in Cook County is going into effect soon. Is there anything that can be done about that? I mean, I, I know one of the hardest things to do is to get a law repealed once it's already passed. These laws have been passed. Is there any hope at all? Uh, I think uh, our, our only hope would be in future budgets of trying to to get repeals uh, put in place by some of the aldermen who have voted against the most current uh, tobacco taxes uh, for various reasons. I think getting them on board with trying to repeal some of these taxes is uh, is the best uh, way forward. Because as as you said, once they're implemented, it's very hard to to fight them back. And and so that's why if they can, they try to put these taxes in larger bills that are going to pass regardless, like the budget. Um, so that basically uh, aldermen would have to vote on a single issue like this to be able to stop them from from occurring. Well. What I'm going to do now, um, Jared, is I'm going to bring on my friend Rodney because he's a vapor in Chicago. He's been vaping for a long time. We talked earlier today, and he told me a bunch of things I didn't know about because, you know, I'm not there. And maybe the two of you guys could talk and brainstorm and figure something out how to deal with this stuff. Uh, Rodney, are you there, sir? Yes. Hi. How are you? Good. Welcome to Hey, Jared. My name's Rod Conforti. How are you? Hey, very nice to meet you, Rodney. Welcome to the show. Good, good, good. Uh, and um so uh, I know Chicago politics so, so well so yeah unfortunately I'm I'm sorry to hear that uh so so listen <laughs> yeah. um we were talking before and you know the first thing that comes to mind is listen if there's a $25 in taxes that are gonna, that, that's going to be on a bottle of e-liquid there's no way that any store could pay it could stay in business because consumers aren't stupid they know they can just you know even if it's a half hour drive if you're if you're picking up you know three or four bottles, I, I mean you're pushing a hundred dollars in tax, so that's worth a, a forty minute drive, even if you know if you need to to get out of the the, the county. Well, so you know the first question is how on earth could these businesses stay in business? Now you told me, uh, Rodney, that already a, probably a dozen vape shops in Chicago and Cook County have just already either closed up shop or moved. But there are some that still yeah, exactly yeah now but there are some that are staying now how the heck are they staying in business how could they how could they well okay Russ the first thing is now in Chicago everybody travels to DuPage or they'll go to Indiana and buy their cartons of cigarettes I know damn well when I smoked occasionally and my girlfriend did at the time uh, that's where that's what would happen. Is we and even up to Lake County uh, to purchase uh, cartons of cigarettes in Chicago. What we've done is we're getting taxed per mill. So what they're doing now is so every store has closed out and got rid of all their nicotine uh, e-liquids. I can't say every store I because I don't know about the convenience stores and the other liquid lines at those but all the traditional vape shops are just selling zero nick uh, okay. i think it was by january 25th they had to claim how much tax uh how much taxable nicotine they had on shelves so they could pay the bill uh so they cleared out what they're doing now is they purchased a bunch of one little milk containers of nicotine and the ratio, it's a, you know, 100% Nick, I believe. Uh, 
And what they've done is they've purchased these little bottles and they add it to the flavored liquids, to the zero nick, to make it a three. And if you want a six, then you have to buy two of those packets. So your tax, you're only paying realistically is the 80 cents per pack uh, per packaging mm-hmm. and then the 55 cents. So it's $1.35 uh, of tax, of excess tax. Let's clarify that because we do pay taxes as vapors. Sure. I can't stand that. Uh, so what they're doing then is a bunch of stores bought these Vortex mixers, uh, they they're just vibrating little vibrating things that they put the bottle they'll put the mic in and then they'll put it on there and vibe you know and mix it uh for a few minutes and that's how they're getting around it so in in reality you're only paying a dollar 35 plus the store's cost is maybe i don't know 50 cents per little mill of nick 50 to 60 cents i've heard i don't have a shop so i don't i'm not buying those in bulk uh, and then what they're and so they're charging the customer about you know two something maybe two fifty additional, and that's to cover the excess tax. Well, that can that that certainly serves as a a workaround for now. I can just off the top of my head, I already told you this earlier, Rod. But what what yeah. what you're saying reminded me of a company in New York City. What they were doing now. This was with. Uh, with cigarettes, not this was before uh, there was vaping, I think. But what they were, it was a company called Island Smokes, and what they would do is you would walk into the store, and you could buy a pouch of of tobacco meant to be used in you know hand rolling for hand rolled cigarettes, and then they would sell you uh, twenty tubes with filters, and a nice little uh, tin actually, which you could reuse. It was a beautiful little metal tin. So then, okay, so you buy all that, and obviously since it's hand-rolled tobacco, at the time the taxes were even lower than they are now. They're, they're very, very little. So it was very cheap. It was like $3, and you had everything you needed to make the cigarettes, including the, the filtered tubes. And then you would just go to the back of the store um, and dump your tobacco and your rolled uh, and your filtered, uh, you know, containers, your, your filtered uh, paper, um, and you would put that into the machine, and it was like a semi-industrial machine. So uh, you you put that all in. You wait about thirty seconds, and it spits out twenty cigarettes. So it was great. You get you got twenty cigarettes for like three dollars and a nice little metal tin. And Bob's your uncle. That was uh, that was taken to court by Bloomberg, and they ruled that since the store was facilitating the manufacture of making these tubes and this hand-rolled tobacco into the final product, which was the same thing as a pack of cigarettes, that it was illegal what they were doing. The court supported that, and Island Smoke came out of, uh, went out of business. So it it's different technology, different stuff, but like it sounds like that's exactly what they're doing in the, the vape shops in Chicago. And Jared, I would ask you, I mean, you know, once legislators get, get a whiff of this, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine, I mean, what, you know, you, you have, you have a, history of, of, of knowing how, how uh, governments react to these these kind of things. What do you yeah. think is going to happen when they catch wind of this? I think uh, Chicago residents need to grab their wallets and run for the hills. That's exactly what, I mean, as soon as they figure out uh, the, the politicians that is find a loophole uh, that is to the uh, advantage of consumers, they're going to try to stop that loophole. Um, 
So uh, I think everyone needs to be as inventive as possible now, um, because as soon as they can figure out a way, they, they will try to enact legislation to uh, take more money out of your wallet. And of course, it's always couched in, again, uh, being for the children and being for, for health, even though in the case of uh, e-cigarettes and vaping, uh, quite a few studies are showing uh, that you know, the health concerns are much less compared to uh, tobacco products in general, yet, uh, again, There's also a big dollar amount. I mean, I've been to every hearing on all the taxes uh, and even the bans, Uh, the Cook County, the uh, the Chicago, the state. I've been down there for legislation Mm -hmm. hearings. Uh, The one thing in the Cook County that was really brought up uh, was the, the cost savings. We're talking about they're, they're thinking they're bringing revenue revenue in but the cost savings to public health. And as if you look at smokers in general and uh, our lower income, uh, Mm -hmm. more on public assistance, more on uh, public health care. And if you were to uh, alleviate, you know, help them get better by getting off, you know, traditional cigarettes and going electronic, their health benefits would out, would save millions millions, I forgot what the number was, uh, mm. in regards to health care, uh, public health care, because county does run the public health care, you know, the Medicaid, yeah. and, Medica- uh, and, Medicaid uh, Medicaid and Medicare, that's it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I, and now, I, I, agree. Uh, I agree with you. And so, in fact, the one thing is, and I, and I throw big props out because I actually met with them and spent, uh, during one of the hearings, uh, Timothy uh, O'Schneider, who's a Cook County commissioner, uh, during the actual, uh, what is it, the the voting on it, he stood Mm -hmm. up and he made a cry that this is absurd that we're going to be taxing something that we don't have enough information on uh, and that you're going to be running businesses out of Cook County. And he was excellent when he did that. And... Uh, but it, it seemed to go on deaf ears. And it seems like vaping just in general at every hearing I've been has always been the last uh, topic in uh, tobacco. And it's always going up against when other people are talking about, I don't know if it's more serious, you no know, child care and other fundings for the, you know child care, uh, senior care, and a bunch of other stuff. And then you talk mm-hmm. about the, the rights of the vapors or cigarettes or, you know, of, of tobacco uh users. So it always seems that we're, we're, we go on deaf ears and we're really not heard. They're, they're, sure. I mean, t- tobacco users and, and uh, e-cigarette users are probably one of the, the last groups in America that can always be demonized for, for any reason. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's really unfortunate. Well, have you been, do you live in Chicago, Jared? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay, great, great. So then you've seen, I don't know if you know this, uh, City of Chicago just started a, uh, a campaign uh, a month and a half ago uh, against e-liquid. In fact, there's big signs, and in fact, the group of people are actually taking the city to court for defamation, uh, or, or filed a case, I should say. Russ knows <laughs> is all about that stuff. Uh, but there's big po- billboards and signs on sides of buses that say e-liquid li- is poison. Yes, yep. Uh, you know, it, it, it just, it's so funny that we have all this money to spend 
anti-vaping, you know, uh, instead of trying to figure, do, it's trying, it's, instead of spending all of our tax monies on anti-vaping, instead of trying to put it towards, uh, you know, the deficits that we have. What I want to go back oh, yeah. just for a second, uh, Rod, to, we you mentioned before that, okay, there's this workaround for now where the stores can, you know, avoid a lot of the taxes just because they can, you know, sell a, a tiny, you know, one mil bottle or two mil bottle of uh, of the liquid nicotine to add to the zero nick um, e-liquid. So, okay, fine. But the thing is, you mentioned before when we were talking, isn't that that's that's going to change the flavor of the juice because a not all manufacturers, uh, not all e-liquid manufacturers use the same nicotine. Uh, B the, the you know. When you're talking about okay, so you want to add one for one one of those bottles for, to make it three, then you want to add two of those bottles to make it six milligram. You want to and then you're gonna to have to add three mil, three of the the bottles to make it nine. So each time you're you're adding more, depending on how high you want your nicotine, you're 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 diluting. You're you're diluting it, so you're you're getting less and less flavor. So I mean, one 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 thing I thought about. I mean, I, I guess I guess it's not a big issue, but you know, as an e, if you're an e liquid manufacturer. And, you know, there's somebody who's going to be buying your liquid in Chicago and they want to have they're tampering with your product. They, they are. Yeah. They're and tampering uh, with your product. like like if you if you if you're going to if you're going to buy a 12 milligram, if you want your, your nicotine to be 12 milligram, I mean, it's going to have a lot less flavor. You're you're, you're adding three you're milliliters not buying it in Chicago. I'm sorry. You're not buying it. In, you're not buying it in Chicago. Let's just say that much. What, what do you mean? Because even then the tax. Well, you're going to pay the 80 cents and then the 55 cents uh, uh, times for it, it's not the the, the dollar cent, the dollars say the gas versus the time and gas and convenience doesn't make sense at that point. And in general, the market, the industry is at a three milligram with the sub our industry has changed so much as far as nicotine consumption it's mainly because the delivery pro the the products that we're using to deliver it now have become more efficient and different you know uh subohming and different higher temperatures and so your so your hit is a lot quicker you know your your absorption is a lot quicker so right. and harsher you know um so so so, so here's the thing they're going to the, the Chicago lawmakers they're going to very quickly realize that they're not going to get any of this tax money because a okay there's the workaround for now so they're going to get you know less than 10 percent, way less than 10 percent of what they were projecting so that's the first thing then the second thing yeah. is even if you know if they attack that and then push it out then everyone's going to leave chicago i mean they're they're already leaving and they're they're just no one's gonna no one's gonna stay there when they could just move and you know, do business unencumbered. So they're not going to get any of this money. Um, they will be successful in keeping people on cigarettes because when there's no vape shops, certainly, I mean, you know, uh, you're right about, you know, most people have moved to six or three milligram, but, you know, the vapors who are starting, you know, tend to start at 12 or 18 or even 24. There will be, I mean, even if these shops stay, there's there's just, there's they're either priced out we're not even going to bother to offer something. I mean, yeah, I guess you could do it in a pre-sealed cartomizer, but that's that's about it. So the only the only people who are who are being hurt, or you know, the consumers are going to have to spend more gas sure. money to, to get somewhere else. But they're not going to get this 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 money on the taxes. So my question to Jared mm -hmm. is, 
I mean, do they know that? Do they care? Um, I mean, they're, eventually they're going to see the money's not there. Whether or not they could have predicted it, I don't know. Do, do you think they knew that in advance and they just don't care? What Can you get in their mind a little bit? And say, what are uh, they thinking? I, 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 I would hate to get into the mind of a Chicago lawmaker, True. but... Uh, if I can try. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I think most of them are totally ignorant of, of economics in general. That's why they, they got into government. So um, they, they, they probably don't realize uh, the implications of their, their actions first off. Um, but, uh, but you're exactly right that, that the more laws and regulations they put on, uh, on uh, these, uh, um, uh, the, the, these choices by, by citizens. I mean, do we not have a right to purchase adults. and adults use these? Citizens. Yes, exa exactly. Uh, adults. And so they always, again, it's for the children. Well, we're not even talking about children. We're talking about uh, legal uh, adults uh, making, making these decisions for themselves. And uh, politicians will do everything they can to uh, be our nannies. So you know uh, I'm not really sure. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say my analogy is to raise the price of t taxes on cars and automobiles just to keep underage kids from driving. That that makes no sense. Exactly. There you go. Good analogy. Yeah. So is the, is there any? I mean, you know, you mentioned before. Well, you know, maybe you can get on the alderman. You know, after this has been in in effect for a while, and they see it's not working, and maybe make a change that way. Okay, that's one way to do it. That doesn't sound. Um, well, it would be it would be a difficult struggle. Another difficult struggle could possibly be, you know, can this be attacked in the courts at all? And and does um, does Taxpayer United of America do they have you been involved in court cases in the past? Is that a, is that a viable avenue to attack these things? Uh, yeah, we we have been in in other court cases in the past, uh, not pertaining to this issue in particular. Um, but but we are very interested in working with other uh, national and local organizations to uh, put forward uh, lawsuits if uh, the the uh, aldermen uh, try to push this through uh, in Chicago via uh, our our capital in Springfield. Um, and so that that'll be the next fight that we're looking for in the next couple of weeks. Um, because the only way they can enact these other proposed taxes that I was talking about earlier with the cigars and other tobacco products uh, yeah. will be through State. Springfield. Yeah. And, and so and you can expect that there are going to be more taxes on e-vapor and, and, and e-cigarettes in the future yeah, Bauer, as well. Bauer's so. already said he, that he's already gone after. that. That's one of his things. And then you have uh, the uh, one woman downstate, I can't think, that's proposed it a few times now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Kathleen Willis, I believe. Willis, that's it. Thank you. Yep. So, mm -hmm. uh, but Mike, our thing is is that our industry is under attack in so many different, from local, uh, from local or city to county to yes. to state and then federal. But the main thing is is with the FDA and how their deeming regulations are coming up is this H.R. 2058, which I think is more important than some of these taxes. I mean, the taxes are important. Don't get me wrong. It's it, you got to proprietize, uh, you know, which is the worst, which is the worst evil, you know, the taxes or, uh, or shutting down the whole industry together. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with what H.R. 2058 represents to the vapors. Are you? You're, no, no, please, please, no, please tell me. Okay, basically, deeming regulation says that 
the FDA will disallow, nothing will be allowed from anything from 2000 that came out after 2007. And at 2007, I've been vaping vape, uh, for eight years, uh, so uh, there literally was almost no product, not one store would have a product on their shelf that would fit, that would have been on, been for sale pretty much. So it would close everything. Deeming, and now HR 2058 is a proposition for, uh, we're trying to get all congressmen uh, behind, is that it would allow from, what, what's the date on that, Russ, uh, 2015? 14 or 15 or yes yeah, yeah something like that yeah yeah to to go to so that would put about 60 percent of the product of the stores would still be able to and, and as a and as an industry we could survive off of that and because after that then any new products proposed or presented would have to go through their uh uh, you know, testing and everything, and they're talking about it could be $2 million per product, per SKU to be introduced. Casa has, oh, okay. has a great call to action on how people can very easily uh, write their uh, their representatives. I put that in the uh, in the chat, and it's in the replay notes also, so it's, it's fairly easy to take action. On, well, that's the easiest way to take action. There's other ways, too, but that's that's a great place to start. Yeah, I mean... All this stuff is like, like you said, Rod. You got to kind of prioritize your evils. They're they're all terrible. But I mean, that's the, that's that's the that's the oof, that's the big one. I mean, depending on now, it's good news that it's taking this long. Everyone expected it to come out last year, and uh, the uh, OBM or OMB, I forgot the name of the uh, the federal uh, department that's that's responsible because the deeming is done. It's been written, and you would expect if that that. Uh, the OMB liked everything that they saw. You'd already see those deemings as law today, but it's taking a lot longer. That's good news. Maybe there's some people who are actually looking at this and, you know, maybe considering health or black market implications or, or what have you. Who knows? Uh, it's taken a long time, but still, um, you know, that's 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 the sort of Damocles right there. Uh, that that could end everything, like you said. And hey, yeah. and when all else fails, uh, you know, you should uh, appeal to uh, the interests of the politicians themselves. We saw recently uh, Representative huh. uh, Duncan Hunter uh, vaping oh. in a session, uh, blowing, you know, <laughs> and, and kind of making a mockery of the whole thing. And and I, I think I think that's a, a good way to go about it too. find out, hey, do you vape? Well, listen, we need to talk about what uh, your your you know colleagues are proposing and stop it. Well. Exactly. And now uh, the one thing that my two aldermen voted against the budget, which I was very happy, uh, Scott Waskapak, uh, I don't know if you know who he is, yes, and he is. also Deborah Mel. So I was very, very happy with that. Uh, and then there was, I think, uh, seven others that voted against the uh, budget. But mm -hmm. uh, for all the ta for all the uh, tax purposes, I mean, our property tax in Chicago just went up thirteen percent. So yeah. that, that that's something that now me being a owner, uh, property owner, I have to I have to deal with that. Uh, and then they just start started charging. Now they're going to start for garbage removal too. So. Yeah, we, it was the largest tax increase in in Chicago history. Uh, I believe it was three quarters of a billion dollars, all all included. Yeah. Now, and the funny thing is, now Russ, you say, are they going to notice? No, they're not going to notice the the e-cigarette. The e Do you know why? Do you know what they're what they 
proposed that they would collect in taxes was just about a million dollars. And when you look at a a deficit, how much is our uh, Chicago deficit? Um, I, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it, it is atrocious. <laughs> it it's just, atrocious. Along with, yeah, along with all the other deficits in, in Illinois. <laughs> and it, well, that, that we're not even, but just Chicago. The def- yes. So, it, it, you know, hundreds of millions. So, Russ, when you're talking about thinking uh, that it's it's for the children, there, it wasn't about the money. It was not mm. about the money, because truly, if it was. That tax of a they they proposed I think it was one point six million if I'm getting yeah, that, it correctly yeah uh, that, that, that they was, would that was sorry go ahead oh go on that they would oh, well, get we, from the taxes so go on no yeah so so that that was right that was for the the e cigs that did pass uh, through the last budget and then the new proposed uh, taxes were equaling about six million so still the combination of of barely seven million which. Uh, I don't know, but to you guys and, and myself, that is a lot of money and to your average taxpayer. But uh, yeah, to the lawmakers in Chicago and throughout Illinois, that's just chump change. Uh, Illinois that, is currently facing $111 billion in unfunded liabilities. So that, that means it means almost nothing. Well, what was it? And Will Matt, they were planning to spend uh, $1.4 million on some toilets or something. I forgot. What was it? Uh, yeah. Uh, there so, was a, I believe it was a beachfront, uh, property. That, yeah. So like, like I said, we, I don't think it's about the money, Russ, Russ. It's, I wish I could say, yes, it's the greed. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the numbers just don't make sense. They don't make sense. Uh, you know, well, so, and, and how do you keep funding? And the thing is, and it comes back to this, is that, and everybody goes, oh, it's big tobacco going after vaping, it's uh, pharmaceutical, it's all this and that. It is all of these people from the big settlement that were getting all these millions, hundreds of millions, or millions of dollars to their non-for-profit organizations, uh, anti, anti-smoking and all this, that as smoking diminished, even traditional tobacco or cigarette use has been on a, a constant decline. Their funds have been ha, have been uh, drying up. Mm-hmm. So, trying to get vaping demonized in that sense will bring back the funding. I and are you, do you know who runs the uh, the Illinois uh, quit to, uh, quit smoking line? No. Uh, no, I don't. That's I, I the I believe it's the American uh, ALA American yeah. Lung Association. So mm-hmm. so you're talking about we have we're paying them to run in uh, a non you know a quit smoking, uh, and most other organizations have found that vaping is a is a sensa- is part of a sensation. In fact, I think in, in uh, England they just voted on that. It just got uh, it could be uh, medicinal too, used uh, considered medicinal. So, I mean, where are the real motives? That, well, if if you, it's hard to tell what the motives are, but it's easy to tell what the results will be. The results will be they're going to catch on to this this little workaround. Um, all the stores are going to leave, and when all the stores leave. 
some of the customers will travel out, but it's really the customers that would have walked into a store one day that never will because it doesn't exist when they would have had the bright idea to do it. And what does that mean? It means more people smoking. So you you can't you can't pass a law. Well, you can try, but it's very hard to to say you just can't sell e-liquid in in Chicago or or anywhere. That's very very difficult to do. But if you just tax it to such a ridiculous level that nobody's going to stay in business, well. You've just done the same thing, and maybe that's the motive. That'll certainly be the result one way or the other, though. Yeah, the, the unintended, unintended consequences of, of government intervention. That's exactly, or, 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 or exactly perhaps, what well, I'm arguing that it might be intended. So, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or the intended, yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Chicago, I mean, a... a just to park, I mean, our beachfronts we now pay to park on. Uh, you know, there's Chicago is not an inexpensive city. And uh, just to go on taxes, I mean, Utah just proposed an 86% tax. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You- yeah eight, uh, 86% tax. And the funny thing is when I Google that, uh, I don't know if this paper is a local, eight, AB, it's an ABC affiliate, Utah teens support plans to raise e-cigarette tax. But the, the person that wrote it ended up saying, uh, critics say that such a tax would hurt adults using e-cigarettes to quit cigarettes, uh, quit smoking cigarettes, while kids could simply find unregulated access to these products. Speaking about the Utah, um, there was a, uh, a silent protest uh, during a during a press conference and you know this is uh jeff steyer and i think uh, greg Connolly were involved in this uh, here's an article about it um you know they don't even they didn't even want the people there uh who were against this to be silently protesting with uh you know with some signs and tried to get them removed and the police tried to remove them and you know um uh, the the vapors they they resisted and they uh, they, uh, they were allowed to stay but they don't you know, they don't even want people expressing their First Amendment right to say, you know, we we silently, they're silent, you know, to silently say, you know, we don't we don't agree with this. You know, they just they they just want us pushed into the corner. Yeah, it's depressing stuff. Um, you know, and just speaking of other stuff, I mean, uh, Alaska is trying to do a hundred percent wholesale tax on vapor products. Uh, West Virginia, uh, seven point five cents per milliliter. Uh, twelve percent wholesale tax, and and snooze is they want to tax snooze. Uh, New Jersey's looking to to ban all flavors other than tobacco, clove, and menthol. Oregon, fifty percent tax on retail. That you know, it's every you know, almost every state's going to do this. I'm shocked. I am so shocked that New York has not done any of these things yet. I and here's what I think. Wait for the bomb. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to think it's coming at a certain point, but. You know, the first thing New York did, you know, what Bloomberg wanted to do and what he was, at least for now, successful at, you know, pending the lawsuit that I filed with, with Audrey from uh, NYC Clash. The first thing they went after was just use in public spaces. And they and they rammed that through. It was ugly, though. It was very, very ugly. And it was not pleasant for them. During, you know, we were criticized for this at the time. And by we, I mean the people who were showing up at the public hearings and stuff. So, you know, we, 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 we went and we gave our testimony. A, a lot of us also went to the meeting where the health committee was just to vote on it. Now, there was no public comment allowed then. So we weren't allowed to say anything or vocalize in the room. But when they went out of the room, they got to take an elevator to go to their office or wherever they're going after that. And we were on them. We were on them hard. And we 
we were boisterous. Um, uh, it was it it was scary for them. Uh, there there was no physical interaction. There was no physical altercations. But we were in their face, yelling at them, riding the elevators down with them, saying, "How the hell could you do this?" I think that the only reason that New York hasn't gone after us anymore after the the Bloomberg public use ban is because they're scared of us. They think we're fucking crazy. And I think that's good. At the time, people were saying, you know, you guys were so disrespectful. You were yelling. You were screaming at them. Um, And, yeah, we were. And I think it's the only thing that saved us from any taxes. And I think at this point, things are so bad. When, you know, when it's said and done and and it's already been passed and all that, get in their face. Uh, You know, make them scared of you because... It's maybe it's the only thing that's going to save you from this this stuff. I don't know, Russ, Russ, and, and Jared. Maybe mm-hmm. here's the one thing that I I've noticed, and I, I owe it to my father, to who who was a who politician, I should say. We go to fundraisers, aldermen, uh, senators, uh, congressmen, fundraisers all the time. I mean, I, once a month we're going to some type of fundraiser. It doesn't cost a lot, especially if you're a business owner. I, it's part of your investment. It's part of you being a voice, uh, being heard. And the thing that the vaping community now just started to figure out is we can't, the only time we are heard by a politician is when we're up at arms is when we're yelling, arguing, like you just said, uh, you know, acting crazy. We need to be their friends. I mean, I have a lot of aldermen that are friends. I, I, ju- uh, I just saw, you know, Jesse White the other day. Uh, I, I have a lot of politicians that, 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 that are friends. And they know who we are. They know, and as long as we, they know, they can represent us. But if, if, but most shop owners, and this is something I used to ask a few years ago, was to the shop owners, who's your alderman, committeeman, uh, representative in whatever city? And I would honestly say 70, higher than that, 80% of them did not know, which is sickening. If you're a business, you should know this. You should be friends. You should make those outreach calls to them. You should support them because guess what? When it comes time for voting, who are they going to, what are they going to think? Should we vote for these nameless people? In fact, Alderman Joe, who, uh, do you know Joe uh, Murano, uh, right? I, I, I used to live in, in his little fiefdom. Yes. Okay, exactly. I, I, <laughs> I, I've known him many years, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I spoke to him, and he had, I don't know if you know this, but he had the most vape stores in his own district. And he's the one that proposed that the uh, tax. He's the one that brought up the tax. Initially, it was $1.25 per mill. Or, wait, was it? Yeah, $1.25 per mill initially. So uh, they did us a big favor by only making it 55 Nice guy. Um, yeah. So, but when I asked, when I said, you know you have, he goes, Really? I didn't know that mm-hmm. because nobody, none of the shop owners went to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, you're right, Rod. I happen to know for a fact that a lot of the e-liquid shops that, that were around when in 2013, when this was being, they did, they reached out to assembly made, they couldn't get a return phone call. And that, that was part of the anger. The part of the anger was, Hey, I'm a business in your district. And you can't, and so after numerous phone calls, you won't call me back. 
Now I'm here. You're in front of my face. Well, they got a piece of their mind. But, hey, uh, listen, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. So, um, hey, listen, guys, I want to thank you so much for coming on the air tonight. Um, Rodney, thank you so much. And, Jared, any last Thanks, uh, any any last uh, words for uh, the uh, people can go to uh, – Wait, wait, Jared, I have one – Russ, I have one question for Jared. Please. Jared, right. who yeah. is pro – who is pro-vaping as far as for our votes? It is an election year, and I think things are going to are, – are, 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 all the shit's going to hit the fan either after the election year. So who, who should we be looking for? Uh, are, uh, just the local level you're, you're speaking of? Local, let's go local level. It's, 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 um, yeah. I, I would say a quick uh, yeah, a Google search of anyone that voted against uh, the budget, that, that would be uh, a good start. And then any alderman that voted against – uh, the most recent uh, tobacco uh, tax increases, uh, those would be the, the good places to start and to start trying to, uh, again, make, make yourself known to them. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't take much to, to sway some of these people's uh, um, uh, votes when, when you get in front of them and you explain your position, and they've never had anybody ever confront them on anything. So your uh, voices can be heard and, and can make a difference. And uh, I would encourage everyone to check out our, our site at taxpayersunited.org, and uh, we will be continuing this fight in Springfield uh, for the foreseeable future. Thank you so much, Jared. I'll probably see you at one of those then. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Okay. Uh, all right. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, hey, there they go. Chicago, well, Rodney Conforti, Chicago Rod, and uh, Jared LaBelle. <laughs> From the Taxpayers United of America, thank you so much for joining me tonight for a great discussion. Thanks a lot. Boy, it's depressing, though, huh? Ooh. <laughs> well, all right. So I got a couple of little, uh, little things for you here. Um, just um, I, if if you watch the last Democratic uh, debate between, uh, it's just Hillary Clinton and uh, and Bernie Sanders at this point very boring because i know all of their positions on on all these things i didn't think very much of any interest was going to happen there was one thing that did happen um this i as soon as i as soon as i heard it I, the hair all the hair on my body just i got goosebumps i just sat up you know, because the, the, the whole rest of the time, I'm just like, I don't even know why I'm watching this. I wasn't even planning on watching it, but I ended up watching it. So as soon as I heard this, I, I just stood up because one of the moderators asked just a completely ridiculous question to Sanders. You know, if you, if you listen to the show regular, you know, I'm not voting for Sanders or, or Hillary. Um, I, I don't like either of them. I don't like their policies. Well, Sanders seems like a nice guy. He just doesn't understand economics but he's got some good ideas on, on drug war and you know yeah so, some civil liberty stuff he's he's pretty good on uh hillary's just the devil but you know i'm not i'm not in favor of either of them but there was such an opportunity that sanders had listen to this question that he was asked whoops <laughs> there we go do you worry at all that you will be the instrument of thwarting history, as Senator Clinton keeps claiming, that she might be the first woman president? What that question is really asking is, does it really matter about anything that you believe in? Shouldn't you just step aside 
because your opponent is a woman. That's exactly what that question is stating. It's ridiculously preposterous on every possible level. And as soon as I heard that, I knew the exact right response, which, as you will hear, Sanders did not reply with. But the the right response is you never you never want to fight or to, to answer a question on on their own grounds with that regard because it's it's just such a ridiculously it's a it's a sexist sexist question. It, there's no good way out answering it at all, really, in the in, in in the way that they're phrasing it. The right answer would be to throw it back on them, and he had an opportunity to do it in the most epic way, and which would have been as follows. Would have been, I don't remember the moderator's name. Let's say her name was Jane. I don't I don't know. Well, Jane, what I should probably do is defer the answer to that question. To my opponent, Mrs. Clinton, should I drop out of this race because you're a woman? If you tell me to, I will. <laughs> and it puts it right back on her. And Hillary would have been sat there a little bit like a deer in the headlights. Another acceptable, but um, not not as good, but another good answer would have been, well, Jane, I don't recall anyone asking that question of Mrs. Clinton when she was running against then-Senator Obama eight years ago. Do you think that would have been a valid question for her? Well, instead we got this. Well, you know, I think from a historical point of view, somebody with my background, somebody with my views, somebody who has spent his entire life taking on the big money interest, I think a Sanders victory would be of some historical accomplishment as well. Um, while it's not the ideal answer, I do give him credit for not playing the religious card, which he could have been, he has every, well, he has every right to, but I'm, I'm glad he didn't because he could have said, well, I'm a Jew and no Jew has ever been elected president. So that would have been of some historical significance. No, at least he didn't do that. And maybe part of it is because I think he's an atheist. He'll never say it, but he never he never does any Jewish stuff. So, but he is born a Jew, a Jew from Brooklyn. You know, he could have said that, and he didn't. I give him props for that. Uh, he just said, "Well, you know, I'm better on economy, so you know, I'm better on you know, I'm going to go after Wall Street." Blah blah blah. So he missed an opportunity, but at least he didn't make the mistake they wanted him to. Because you have to understand, all these social social uh, justice warriors they have a hierarchy. And Jews are not high on it. In fact, they're considered one of the oppressed. So that's a card they don't even consider you having the ability to play. So, so here's some other. Now, Hillary went on to say, "Well, I don't want you know, I don't want people to vote for me just because I'm a woman. I, I want them to vote for me because I'm the best candidate." Which is bullshit because she has played the gender card at every possible opportunity except that one in particular. Because the question was so ridiculous, even I think she realized that, like, wow, did you really ask him that? You know, uh, uh, no, no, vote for me because I'm the best candidate, blah, blah, blah. But she's been playing the gender card every chance she, she could. I have some interesting examples for you. Let's see. Um, so we can go back to um, a, a, a couple of debates ago. There was this exchange between... Uh, 
Well, here's what Hillary had to say. The, the, the question was, uh, is Bernie Sanders tough enough on gun control? Different issue, but here's what she said. Secretary Clinton, is Bernie Sanders tough enough on guns? No, not at all. I think that we have to look at the fact that we lose 90 people a day from gun violence. This has gone on too long, and it's time the entire country stood up against the NRA. The majority of our country supports background checks, and even the majority of gun owners do. Senator Sanders did vote five times against the Brady Bill. Since it was passed, more than two million prohibited purchases have been prevented. He also did vote, as he said, for this immunity provision. I voted against it. I was in the Senate at the same time. It wasn't that complicated to me. It was pretty straightforward to me that he was going to give immunity to the only industry in America. Everybody else has to be accountable, but not the gun manufacturers. And we need to stand up and say enough of that. We're not going to let it continue. We're going to bring you all in on this, but I, Senator Sanders, you have to be able to respond. As the senator from a rural state, what I can tell Secretary Clinton that all the shouting in the world is not going to do what I would hope all of us want, and that is keep guns out of the hands of people who should not have those guns and end this horrible violence that we are seeing. I believe that there is a consensus in this country, a consensus that said we need to strengthen and expand instant background checks, do away with this gun show loophole, that we have to address the issue of mental health, that we have to deal with the straw man purchasing issue, Senator, and that when we develop that consensus, Senator, we can finally, finally do something to address this Governor crisis. O'Malley, you passed gun legislation. As so the, the, the key point in that exchange was Sanders, you know, I don't even know if he was directly addressing Hillary, like all the shouting in the world, because, you know, everyone just yells about gun control. I think that's what he was referencing. But uh, Clinton did not take... Uh, did uh, did not pass up on the opportunity uh, to call him out implicitly for being sexist. When we fight to protect the equal rights of all our people, no matter what they look like or who they love, and when we fight to stop the epidemic of gun violence that's claiming innocent lives every single day in every corner of our country, that's fighting for women and men and fighting for America. You know... <clears throat> she just cleared her throat. Get ready for the soundbite. I've been told to stop, and I quote, shouting about gun violence. Well, first of all, I'm not shouting. <laughs> it's just when women talk, some people think we're shouting. <laughs> and, uh, God, they love it. Will not be silenced because we uh, well, you will for now. Um, yeah, she plays the card every chance he gets. Uh, here's another example. This is a great one. Uh, I'm sorry for this clip. It has some weird. I couldn't find it on YouTube, but uh, th there'll be some like weird talking about some kind of media player encoder. I don't know. I couldn't find it on YouTube, so I had to go some weird site. But listen to the speech. Um, Clinton again talking about. You know, Sanders is obvious. Sanders has called out Clinton multiple times, and rightly so, as being the number one Wall Street candidate. And that's a fact. She gets more money from Wall Street than anybody. 
So if anybody thinks, even for a second, that there's going to be any kind of real reform on Wall Street, which whatever they would do would probably wouldn't be a good idea, uh, or whatever a typical Democrat would do or a progressive would do, probably wouldn't be a good idea. But if there's any doubt that Clinton would do it, it, it wouldn't be her. No. I mean, one thing you can do, listen, whether they'd be good, good, bad, or otherwise, as far as the ideas that Sanders have has on regulating the economy— He's going to do it. I mean, his heart is pretty pure in that. He, his heart's in the right place. His brain isn't. But he's going to do it. He's honest about it. Hillary's a liar. She has brushed off every time. Why is Wall Street, all these firms, they're giving you, you show up for a half hour, they give you hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. for. Oh, She's like, I don't know. Just give me the money. It doesn't matter. I don't change my views. Nobody, no thinking person believes that. But here's a different approach that she took. Grabian, the multimedia marketplace. Sorry. Not everything is about an economic theory, right? If we broke up the big banks tomorrow, and I will, if they deserve it, if they pose a systemic risk, Grabian, I will. The multimedia marketplace. Would that end racism? No. Would that end sexism? Would that end discrimination against the LGBT community? No. Would that make people feel more welcoming to immigrants overnight? I'm the only candidate who will take on every barrier to progress. I'm the only candidate who has a record of taking on those barriers. I'm the only candidate who will stand with you in every single fight, no matter how hard it is. Oh, God. Anyway. The most salient stimuli on that was the, was the screeching. Um, but what a ridiculous thing to say. Would breaking up the banks, and she's like, I will if I, if I, she won't, she won't do any of that, but that, that doesn't even matter. Would breaking up the banks end racism and sexism? Let me think about that. You know, I was thinking about trying to jerk off with a drumstick up my ass, but would that end racism? I was thinking of going to the laundromat and having the Chinese ladies separate the colors from the whites, but would that end sexism? I was thinking of hiring three prostitutes of different of different ethnic origin uh to do a dildo show for me tonight. Would would that end suffering from the LGBT community? I was thinking of lighting all my pubic hair on. I mean, it's all the same. It's the same fucking argument. It's really kind of all she's got is the race and the sex card. She's playing it to the max. Sanders is kind of like limping along with it, you know, saying, oh, no, I do that too. He should he should just not do it at all. He shouldn't pander to them at all because none of those people are going to vote for him, no matter what. Because intersectional feminism, which is what Hillary is playing to, there is a hierarchy. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you say. And it doesn't matter what you do. It just matters who you are. Are you a white male? You are on the bottom rung. You are by default evil, no matter how good you are or the things you do. It doesn't matter. 
your privilege goes at the bottom. And then it's everything else. White women, black women, you know, the more ethnic or the, the, the more, the, you know, at the top of the, of the rung would be a gay or, uh, no, 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 would be, a, I guess, a, a transgendered bisexual, if that's possible. I'm not quite sure how that works. So you're a transgendered bisexual Muslim woman. That means you can just you can just run 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 the streets and murder white men and you're still a good person. I mean, you could do whatever you want at that point. So Sanders being a white man, Jew actually hurts him because they consider, like I said before, Jews are oppressors or whatever. So you can't. It doesn't matter what you say. He should. I you know somebody smart would advise him. Just don't talk to these people at all because you can't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do. You're at the bottom rung of that ladder. You could argue that he's not even on the ladder because he's a Jew. It doesn't matter what you say. Just ignore them. And also, at least today, while these are some of the loudest people on social media, they don't actually account for a lot of voters. He should just ignore them completely. I mean, no one does it better than Trump. <laughs> for uh, Again, a candidate I don't like, but still, he complete—he doesn't just ignore them. He says shit to get them angry. And you know what? We are still barely, but we are still at a point today where these people, these intersexual feminists and, and social justice warriors, they are getting more unpopular by the day because there was a time when nobody knew who they were, so nobody really thought favorably or unfavorably about them. And, uh, now people kind of know who they are, and they're like, wow, these people are racist, they're sexist, they're bigots, they're they're disgusting. They want nothing to do with them, and they're, they're gravitating to the candidate who also panders to them the least, in fact, antagonizes them. This is good. Um, that said, even if Sanders did get that excellent advice, I don't know if he has a hope from being a Ron Paul supporter, I I know as well as, you know, anyone that the system is rigged. It's even worse on the Democratic side. The superdelegate situation is is devastating for Sanders. Like I said, I don't like either of them, but Sanders, or I, I, I just want Sanders to get the nomination because it would just be a huge fuck you to the DNC. It would just be a, a huge crushing blow to them, and I would love to see them unhappy. Same thing with Trump, really. I don't like him, and I'd never vote for him, but it would be a huge fuck you to... uh It'd be a huge fuck you to the uh, GOP. Here's a really interesting clip, though. I, ne I never really expected Trump to say this. I didn't really know a lot about... You see, I knew that he was opposed to the Iraq war and all that stuff, but that was... You know, that's when he was a Democrat. He's been a Republican for a matter of months, really, and he's not a Republican. But this is now. This is this month. This is less than a week ago. Listen to what he says about foreign policy in the Middle East. Should we commit U.S. ground troops? Well, you know, Syria is a whole different thing. And you look at 
what's happening. I, I view ISIS as very important. And I love the fact that Russia is hitting ISIS. And as far as I'm concerned, they've got to continue to hit but ISIS. But you know what and, Russia is doing you know in Syria. Indonesia. Russia is hitting, no, they're hitting the both. groups that we're backing. Sure. And why are we backing the group? We don't even know who those people are. I speak to generals. They're saying we're giving billions of dollars of equipment to people we have no... Here we go again. Yeah. We're right. giving all of this money and all of this equipment to people we have no idea who they are. They're probably worse than Assad. I mean, I'm, Assad's no baby. He's not good. But who are the people that we're backing? Here we go you again know with that's, Libya. That's President Obama's argument. Yeah. Well, we I think don't that's know good. Who the weapons you know, will I mean, fall into whose hands? We have no idea. Well, why is he doing that? I mean, he's giving him a lot of weaponry. You say you have have a good relationship with Putin, or would have a good relationship? I think with I would have a very good relationship, but but who knows? So I mean, could you know. convince Putin to get Assad to step aside? Well, they've been trying to do that. Yeah. Could I? I don't think it's that important, to be honest with you. I think, frankly, let's say you get rid of Assad or you knock out that government. Who's going to take over? The people that we're backing? And then you're going to have, like, Libya, mm -hmm. right? You, you take Gaddafi. Oh, we have to get rid of Gaddafi. Look what happened after we got rid of Gaddafi. Look what happened so after we got rid of So getting rid of Gaddafi was a mistake. It was just, yeah, it was, to me it was, it was a total mistake. mistake. I mean, Benghazi, Benghazi was the least, look, look at what's going on over there, it's a mess. Nobody knows anything about anything. You look, at, you look at Saddam Hussein, we get rid of Saddam Hussein, the terrorists, it's the Harvard so of So getting rid of Gaddafi and getting rid of Saddam Hussein were both mistakes. Had we not done anything, had our politicians gone to the beach and enjoyed the sun, we would be in a lot better position than we are right now. Saddam Hussein, no good good guy but Saddam Hussein killed terrorists now Iraq is the Harvard of terror you want to become a terrorist go to Iraq they'll teach you how okay Saddam Hussein was a bad guy but you know one other thing he did he blocked Iran I mean once you once you knocked out that section all of us and I said it in 2003 2004 I was against the war I said you're going to have total it, the Middle East is going to be a mess they used to fight forever they couldn't move. They go 10 feet one way, 10 feet the other. Now you have a total destabilization in the Middle East because we know. Everything he just said was 100% right. That might have been from a Ron Paul or a Rand Paul speech. I mean, wow. So, shit. I, I mean, I don't know. I just. It seems like the, the guy who's going to get, you know, if he's president, if he's president, commander in chief, seems like the guy who's going to get the least amount of our troops killed for bad reasons would, I guess, be Trump. Crazy, huh? It's a fucking weird world.